Welcome to Longview Baptist Church. Where will you spend your eternity? This is a question that does have an answer, even if you don't know what it is. I am Pastor John. This ministry is designed to prepare you for that day we will all face, our last. Join us as we find an answer to the tough questions. And remember, you cannot truly live until you're truly ready to die. Christ. A price had to be paid. And I guess with everything going on with wit, uh, and, and personally with our family, uh, I've got the, the baby on, on the brain, I guess you might say. I got to thinking about, you know, Jesus born as a baby. You know, he was God in the flesh. He came into this world uh, as God to be that, that sacrificial lamb, to pay that price for us, but he started as a baby. And, you know, right off the bat, Herod was trying to kill him. And I got to thinking, you know, it's kind of, if you look at it, God created Herod. So his own creation was trying to kill him, just like his own creation did end up putting Jesus on the cross at the end, you know. But we think about all the stuff that, that Jesus went through, not only during his life, but his ministry. Uh, but he had to pay a debt that he did not owe. We owed that debt, but he loved us enough to pay that debt for us. And if you look at it, anyone that's a parent in this room, does your children fail you? Yes? Yes? <laughs> children fail us. We fail our parents. But guess what? We're not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater, are we? We love them. We want to help nurture them. We want to help them to grow past those mistakes so that they can be productive, not only citizens, but to, to be better for themselves. You know, uh, we've gone through a lot uh, with our kids, and just, you know, I was really angry at the time, and really, uh, I didn't really understand why it was happening or why we were going through this. But, you know, God showed me, he humbled me through the situation and that, you know, I've made just the same amount of mistakes, you know, that our kids made. And I shouldn't hold that against them any more than God holds it against me. I need to learn from those mistakes. I need to ask for forgiveness for those mistakes, just like they did, and get past them. You know, we don't want to hold them over their head for the rest of their lives. That's not going to do anybody any good. And that's what God wants for us is to repent from our sins, to believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and to move on. And that's what we need to do. Let's uh, stand and let's read our scripture for tonight. This will be Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. <clears throat> and it says, And give joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you most of all for that redemptive path that you have given us through your Son. Father, you sent your Son into this world uh, to pay a debt he didn't owe, to pay a price that we did owe, Father. Uh, so that we might have eternal life if we will be smart enough to choose Jesus as our Lord and Savior and to accept his forgiveness, Father. Uh, we know that you are, it's your uh, wish that none should perish, that all should 
uh, have eternal life, but we know that so many will choose not to uh, take that lifeboat, to take that uh, that wrath, Father, and, and they will choose to pay for their own sin, and that will lead to death, eternal death, Father. And we just it breaks our heart the way it breaks yours. And Father, help us to just uh, tell as many about Christ as we can. And for these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> So, there was a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Who is this child, and why did he come? The first thing I want to look at is he came to qualify you. Now, the first part of verse 12 says, And give joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you. What does that mean? To qualify you. <clears throat> who here has applied for a loan of any kind? A car loan, a home loan, uh, you name it, you can get uh, financing for just about anything and everything. I'll tell you, it is finance and credit galore. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> but before the lender will just hand over the money to you, they have to find out a few things. They want to know that you're good for it, that you can cover the full price of what the debt is so that uh, they can take down how much, so I'm sorry, they will take down how much debt or how much money you make. Excuse me, I'm getting ahead of myself. They will take down how much money you make. They will take down how much debt you have or how much you already owe. Uh, they will take into consideration whether you have been late on payments, your history, payment history. Uh, and they will check your credit score most times. Now, what they are doing is they want to see that if you are deserving of being approved, or another way of saying it is to be, are you qualified to take on this loan? So when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, our sins are what? They're forgiven. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness so that when we stand before God Almighty on the day of judgment, on the day that we pass away and we stand before God, He no longer sees us for our sin, He sees His Son. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, when you stand before God, He will see His Son, not you. Because you have been qualified, you have been made holy, you have been made worthy uh, to basically stand in God's presence. Not only for that day, but for all of eternity. It's kind of like the, the if you want to use a courtroom analogy, you know, you stand before God and God basically says, you know, why should I let you in? Jesus is going to stand up as your lawyer and say, Father, he's mine. I paid for him. He's, he's welcome. So he will let us in based on Christ, not based on ourselves. If we try to do it on ourselves, what's going to happen? you're going to split hell wide open because you're going to pay for your sin and the wages of sin is death, eternal death on top of that. So the second thing I want to look at is the second part of that verse, to share in the inheritance of his holy people and the kingdom of light. So he came to claim you is what I want to look at. So he qualified you for what? And that is to share in the inheritance of God's kingdom. So before the fall of Adam and Eve, we belonged to who? We belonged to God. Adam and Eve belonged to God. But after the sin, 
we brought in death and Satan was given dominion over this world, then in essence, humanity belonged to Satan, does it not? And so we have to be cleansed, we have to be qualified, and then God came to claim us. Uh, he came to claim what was rightfully his, and only through his actions can we truly become heirs of God. And so why is it so hard for people to see how important this is? I mean, we're talking about eternity here. This isn't something that's going to go away. You know, we all are, are going to be destined to die one day. And either that or raptured out. And I don't think that we're going to be raptured, but you're going you're to have to face that second death, uh, or through Christ you will be spared from that second death. So, um, you know, if, if basically, um, if you got a letter from a long-lost relative and it was in, that had passed away, and somebody had left you a large inheritance, and they told you that you had to be uh, go the, to the office and take care of this at a certain date, we would do it in a heartbeat, wouldn't we? Because we would want that reward uh, that's coming with it. Well, why can't we be the same way with Christ? I mean, why can't we be the same way when we need to witness to our brothers and sisters around us that are lost? We need to share in that inheritance through telling them, give them a chance to either reject Christ or accept Christ. Uh, the Bible tells us that uh, what's going to happen when we die and what we need to do to be worthy of the inheritance of eternal life with Christ and how many will draw their last breath either thinking they had more time or just flat out refuse to make that decision or to believe altogether. Uh, that's sad, but he says that many will go through that gate and few will go through the narrow gate. So think of how many, what's our population on this earth? I mean, it's, what, six billion or something more than that? Eight or nine billion now? Um, well, think of how many of those will will not choose and will be led astray. And that, that's very sad because the third thing I want us to look at is he came to rescue us. So it says in verse 13, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. Dominion of darkness. Um, so if we stayed in sin that came through Adam and Eve, we are told that the wages of sin is death, like I've already said. Darkness is where that sin resides. People will do things in the dark that they won't do in the light, won't they? If they believe they can get away with it and not be brought out, you know, called out, people will do things uh, that they normally wouldn't do in the light. Well, guess what? God calls us to be in that light. Light exposes the darkness and wants no part of the light. So here Paul calls the dominion of darkness. Dominion means supremacy. And right now I think uh, we can see that the supremacy the darkness has over this world is, is great. I mean, we've talked about the evil. Uh, you know, I said last Sunday that there's a library, uh, I can't remember where it was up north, that I saw is having a, an event for kids to come and them to uh, pray demons upon them so they can have a demon as a companion. And it's just, it's sad that we have come to, I mean, look at, you know, the, the libraries holding uh, the, the book readings by the people that you know what I'm talking about. I don't want to say it with kids in here. Uh, but the evil that these people think they can just, you know, parade around, you know, with no clothes on in front of these kids, 
and to try to lead them down, you know, the sexuality roads uh, that, you know, are just contrary to what God believes, you know, the, the darkness is coming out into the light. It's trying to overcome the light. And if we allow it, then we fail. Because God's counting on us as Christians to stand up and to expose these and to stand up and hold them accountable by saying, we're not going to allow this. We're not going to say that this is acceptable. Uh, so we have to be the light in this world that's uh, trying to overcome us with darkness. Uh, the fourth thing and the final thing I want to talk about is he came to redeem us. Uh, verse 14 says that in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Um, Hebrews reminds us that without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sin. Uh, we just don't like to think about uh, that blood or that blood being innocent. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, if you really think about it, yes, like I said, I've got, you know, wit kind of on the brain right now with what's going on with him, but it got me thinking, you know, Jesus Christ was a grown man that allowed himself to go to the cross. What if he'd have been still in the baby form? Would that have made a difference? You know, if it would, we've tried to hang a baby on the cross, I mean, as... We look at babies and we think how innocent they are. Well, Jesus Christ, as a grown man, was still that innocent. He was sin-free. He did not sin. He walked through this whole life, the 33 and a half years, and he did not sin. And so, you know, he was just as innocent as that little baby that was lying in a manger, Those, just as innocent as those little babies lying in the NICU in Vanderbilt, you know. But the difference is, is he was sinless and as you know, precious as they are, they're sinners. They're born into sin. And they have to have Jesus just like we do. And we need to realize that, that the price that so many take for granted or even some think they can actually pay themselves, uh, you see, when we stand before God, the loan is called due. And if you've accepted him as Lord and Savior, he will look down on that ledger that's before him and see that not only were you qualified, but actually your debt has been paid in by Jesus Christ himself, by the blood he shed on the cross. It says in uh, John 1, it says that the, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. What started as a baby was finished on the cross. Actually started long before when a relationship between a creator and his creation was broken and will be finished when that relationship is restored through the work, his work, not ours. And I ask you, you know, what will your ledger look like? You know, we need to realize that our family and friends that do not know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, we're supposed to be fruit inspectors. We, we know by their actions, we know by the lives they lead, whether or not they believe in Jesus Christ or not. Their eternal lives are on the line. We need to be telling them. We need to be talking to them. We need to be, hey, even if they get mad at us, we need to be trying to get through to them and, and to explain to them that, guys, this is serious. You know, Jonathan talks about all the time, you know, with uh, Ken and Keller. I don't forget which one said it, but, you know, how much would you hate somebody not to tell them about the good news of Christ if that's what you truly believe? You know, if you believe that we, you need Christ 
his forgiveness to obtain eternal life, why wouldn't we tell people that? Why don't we believe it ourselves? And why don't we think about the urgency we need to have because things are getting worse. They're not getting better. And God is taking his blessing off of this nation. I don't care how you look at it. Uh, we are... We are in the, the end days. It might be a hundred years, a thousand years from now, but we're in the decline. And we need to realize that, and we need to step up and be the light to this world. And that's what I want to leave you with. Let's close with a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that God's word has encouraged you. You feel like you've had fellowship and been at home with family. Today, if God has moved in your heart, and today you would like to make him not only the Savior, but the Lord of your life. First, it's important to know that we are sinners. We're born sinners. No one can bridge the gap that was separated when sin broke what God had created so beautifully. If today you know you're a sinner in need of a Savior, and you know that Jesus Christ was born, lived a sinless life, and died on the cross to pay for your sin, Today, if you want to, you can trust him as your Lord and Savior. It requires you to pray and in faith, ask him to save you, to forgive you of your sins, to cleanse you, and you want to live for him. I pray today, if you do that, that you will reach out to us. We would love to get you connected in a church body, a church home, wherever that might be, and get discipleship around you so you can grow in this new life that you found in Christ. Read God's word. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. God bless you.